Hello, church. This is Drew Shelley here, one of the pastors at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I am so glad to have with me today Andrew Gilmore. Hey, Drew. It's good to be here today. And Bill Reed. Hey, Drew. It's great to be here. We're glad to be talking today about the children's ministry of, of our church here at uh, First Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. And so we'll start. Andrew, would you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Andrew is our director of children's ministry here at the church. Sure. Uh, I've had a, over uh, 20 years of experience in children's ministry and my education. Uh, have a MDiv uh, from Asbury Theological Seminary as well as a Master of Arts at Asbury. And then also have a, a Master's of Theology from Princeton Theological Seminary. I thought with all this education that I would uh, become a professor and teach biblical studies. Uh, turns out God had other plans for me in children's ministry, uh, which has been great. And, you know, just been able to use that education uh, to uh, just lead and teach families and uh, teach them about God. That's great. Uh we're so glad that you are here with us, Andrew. Tell us about your family. You've got two children. Yes. And uh, Allison, of course. Yes. Uh, so uh, I've been married for uh, almost 11 years uh, to my wife, Allison. Uh, we have a, a six-year-old son, uh, Everett, as well as uh, almost two-year-old daughter, Isla, who uh, um, is uh, really uh, getting her personality right now, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> That's great. That's great. We were able to share in baptism a few weeks ago with, yes. with your children, and that, that was a gift to our church and to me personally, too. We're thankful for that. Yes, we, we really enjoyed uh, being able to do that with you. Right. We also have Bill Reed, our church's lay leader. Bill, tell us a little about yourself and how you came to be at this church. You've been in Methodism for a long time. Now. Uh, my wife, Jenny, and I have been in the Methodist church for 35 years. Nine years ago, we moved to Murfreesboro. Uh, we were looking for a Methodist church home. A friend suggested First Methodist. Uh, we attended church, and we've been attending since. Uh, it was a short list for us. Uh, interestingly, one of the most impressive things for both of us was the number of children that we saw in the sanctuary on Sunday morning. Right. Uh, per participating in children's time. It was almost um, overwhelming to see how many young people, young parents, young children were in our church. And, and that was a sign of vitality for us. And that was a major reason that we're here. Right. And that was nine years ago. Nine right? years ago, October. And you've been lay leader for eight years. Uh, not quite. <laughs> Only three. Three years. That's, that's right. right. We're grateful for Bill's leadership in our church and for Jenny's too. And you all are a gift to this family and uh, very much a part of it. And uh, I'm thankful to be here with you. In fact, this uh, this Church at Work uh, podcast episode started uh, as a consequence of a conversation Bill and I had after Andrew presented to Bill's Sunday School class, the Cornerstone class, about the children's ministry at the church. Bill, tell us what what touched you so much. You were really moved by that presentation that Andrew gave in your class. I was, Drew, and, and, and really in two ways. The first way was that um, my wife and I are grandparents. We long since raised our children. Our oldest is 46 and our youngest is 34. So it's been a long time since we had to deal with the now of raising children. Right. We tend to think of our grandchildren in terms of 
where we want them to go to school, what we want them to do, what a, a wonderful future we want them to have. And we tend to not remember what it was like to raise children. And Andrew's presentation really brought back to us the now of raising children. Uh, when I was growing up, when my children were growing up, there were certainly conflicts and challenges, but nothing like today. Right. And the parents of today, um, many cases, both parents work. Right. Uh, we're very fortunate to have a great school system in this community. But the now and the things that they deal with, uh, the incivility, um, the constant striving for perfection, all of those things that press on the little people right, uh, have to be a challenge to those parents. So it gave us a, a time to really think back and frankly to say the second thing, boy, would it have been great to have a program like this for our children? Right. And that second part and the second thing that really touched me was is this is the real thing. This is a real curriculum for teaching children. It's not a babysitting program. Right. It's not merely social interaction, how to get along with other children. I mean, and I, I'm sure Andrew will will get more detail, but even beginning as soon as they can hold the book. Right. I mean, that changes and makes so much better the background and the foundation that a child has. And we were overwhelmed. Our class was overwhelmed. What we realized is that we had so much more than we had ever thought about. Right. And that we needed to tell that story. Right. That's That's been something I have also been uh, so impressed with, having been here just five months, is to be able to see what is happening, especially in our children's ministry area. It is not just babysitting. It, it is not just uh, drop them off for an hour or two a week and, and let mom and daddy go do their thing. It is so much more than that, and I'm, I'm grateful uh, that Andrew's here with us leading that. And Andrew, you stepped into uh, a years-long stream of, of moving water on that front, uh, beautiful work that's been done for many years here, and, and you are taking it to the next level. Tell us a little bit about the children's ministry here. Tell us a lot about the children's ministry at uh, First Methodist of Murfreesboro. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy to. Um, one of the things uh, that, you know, noticed right away was just how uh, important it is for parents to know that their kids are uh, safe within the children's ministry. And so uh, over this uh, past year, uh, we wanted to make sure that um, when parents dropped off their, ki their kids, uh, they felt that they were safe. Uh, they could as well um, focus on growing in their faith. And so we wanted to make sure that our uh, all of our volunteers uh, had background checks, had uh, safe sanctuary training, and and also that they that the volunteers felt comfortable um, knowing uh, what they needed to do uh, to succeed in their position. Uh, so we provided um, training for them as well. 
Uh, and then the other thing that was really important was we uh, made sure that we had a great uh, check-in system for parents. It was quick, it was easy, uh, but then it also provided uh, um, phone numbers for emergency contact as well as allergies or any special needs that a child would have. And then the important thing, especially for our visitors uh, that come to the church, that when they drop their kid off, they know that they're going to be the one uh, that's going to pick them up uh, at the end of a program or event uh, for that day. Uh, so that's that's one of the things um, that we've uh, been working on uh, within the children's ministry. Uh, and then another thing uh, that uh, um, Bill started to describe was uh, just, you know, we really wanted to, um, uh, I guess, weed out our discipleship path so that we, we knew where our kids were going. And so one of the first things we did uh, for our for our youngest kids, for our kids' uh, birth through uh, two-year-olds, was uh, provide them uh, a curriculum uh, so that they could they could begin growing in their faith. Because we know uh, that that kids at that age uh, they just begin to um, just soak everything up. And so right. we we have uh, board books for them, uh, and and the uh, nursery staff are very intentional about reading them uh, each week uh, so that they they begin to grow in their faith. I can remember, I don't want to interrupt you, but I want to share this. Our first Sunday here, Annabelle, our, our two-year-old, went to the nursery, and she came home with a little bag of, of gifts uh, that included the plan for the nursery, what she was going to be learning and working on, and then a book that uh, she could have as her own. It was a book about prayer, and we've read it many, many times at our house now, but wasn't expecting that, had no idea you know, we just dropped her off for childcare, and and got so much more from that first engagement with children's ministry. Yeah, that's that's great to hear because uh, we really wanted to have that connection so that uh, when uh, those new families uh, come uh, that are two and younger, they can receive those books, and and there's a connection there where they're learning uh, in in the church, but then parents can also do the same thing at home. So we're enabling uh, parents to be a part of a kids' lives and growing in their faith. And really, um, as we, uh, as uh, thinking about that, uh, that was really something else that we've really fo- focused on this year uh, was our uh, spiritual milestones. And spiritual milestones are a lot like um, a milest- physical milestones. So right. walking, uh, talking. Uh, when we think about spiritual milestones, we're thinking about ways and remembrance of how God has been working in our lives. So the example I always use is Joshua chapter 4, uh, where the Israelites cross the uh, Jordan River, and Joshua tells the people, the 12 people, to go back and pick up stones from the river and put them into a pile. And, and that is a remembrance of how God was working in their life. And the example I use in, in my own life, uh, I have a uh, uh, kid's Bible my parents gave to me. I don't... Um, use that particular Bible anymore because I have, have another Bible. But that one is, is very, very well used. It's, it's torn. It, it, it's been well read. Uh, and I keep it because when I look at it, I, I think about my, my parents uh, as well as uh, the Sunday school teachers, uh, my pastor and youth pastor, all the people uh, that were in uh, my life and they were there. While I might not have recognized it then, I can remember now that I was growing in my faith. And so we've introduced these uh, spiritual milestones for our kids here uh, at uh, First United Methodist, uh, such as um, touch and see my church, where they can learn different parts of the church. Uh, third, and that's like, what grade is that? What grade level? 
That's we actually start our spiritual uh, milestones for uh, beginning at age three, okay. all the way through sixth grade, okay. uh, and that is for our uh, four-year-old class is to touch and see my church. Okay. Uh, another uh, milestone we have is for our, our third-grade Bible, where we um, give them uh, Bibles um, to take home with them, uh, as well as um, resources for parents uh, that they can read along with their kids. Uh, even even though kids in third grade have uh, already are learning to read, kids still want want to, uh, um, at, at still at that age, want to be able to read with their parents. So we've um, tried to help with that as well. Uh, some other milestones, um, we have um, the uh, juice and bread class mm-hmm. um, where we uh, um, invite um, kids in second grade along with their uh, parents um, to learn about um, communion. And then after that is over, uh, during the service, as a family, they're able to serve communion um, to, to the church. So that's a really uh, special moment as well. Right. You know, uh, one of the things that really touched me about, about his um, presentation and what he's just recapped for us is that, again, I referred to it earlier, the circumstances around us today and Oftentimes, we like to think that children are immune from those things, but they're not. Right. Uh, They understand from their parents' conversations. They understand from other people's conversations a lot of things that go on in this world. Right. And those things impact them. Uh, What a program like the children's program does is to give them comfort and wholeness to offset the anxiety that they have to feel. I mean, these young folks are smart. Right. They're listening. They are. They are assimilating information. Um, and they need something to offset right. what's offered every day in conversation with their peers and TV Right. Although many parents do a great job of monitoring TV, I mean, social media begins almost at birth today. Right. <laughs> and the fact is that much of what they see and hear is not conducive to hope or wholeness. Right. Or love of another person. Right. They get a real supplement on Sunday and through the week and what what you guys are doing, Andrew. Right. I I have been astounded at the level of anxiety that our our young people are feeling, uh, children and youth. And I I think it is, Bill, because uh, they are able to recognize and process all this stuff that's going on around us. And, And we adults, we are not immune to it either. We struggle greatly with this anxiety-filled culture and way of life in which we live, and and we turn quickly to prayer, to our faith, to our small groups, our Sunday school classes, to to find out how to get through that. And uh, our children have those same resources here in this place, and they need them desperately. Um, I do think many parents, myself included, hope that our children are somehow missing all of the craziness that's going on around. And uh, the reality is they're not. They're not missing it. They are deeply affected by it. And what is offered through this work is a life of discipleship, uh, a a place where we find hope and wholeness and healing 
for all these wounds that we already have. And uh, it's, it's just wonderful to be at a church where that's happening. Uh, what, Andrew, some of the other milestones. We've got Touch and Feel, my church. We've got the bread and juice class. What else do we have? Some other uh, milestones we have uh, for our uh, three-year-olds, they're transitioning from uh, nursery to Sunday school. So we think it's important for um, parents to feel comfortable uh, in that transition. So uh, we have a class at the beginning of the uh, school year uh, for for them as well as the kids so that they uh, know what to expect for Sunday school uh, to encourage them to to come consistently to Sunday school. Uh, Another one we have is our confirmation uh, class. That's for sixth graders. Uh, We're getting ready to start that here um, in uh, the beginning of the new year. We have about uh, 21 uh, sixth graders that are going to be joining us uh, to uh, grow deeper in their faith and uh, be able to affirm their faith and, and also connect with the church as well. Uh, one of the other milestones I'm uh, looking forward to the new year uh, is a milestone uh, for our uh, first graders, uh, which is uh, I, I can pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we'll as well invite their parents to join in that. And that'll be a time for them to, as kids, that they can pray and uh, resources and ways for their parents to to pray with them as well. You know, I think... A lot of parents, from my experience, uh, want to uh, help their kids grow in their faith, but they're looking for the church to to give them resources and ways to do that. And this is uh, this milestone is one of them that right. does that. That gift of prayer is so important, and uh, I, I have had the occasion many times to meet with a family in crisis for whatever reason, whether it's marital strife or financial crisis or or just something bad that's happened, and and often one of the first questions I ask is, uh, have you found ways to pray together as a family to work through this? And and almost every time the parents say, we just don't know how to do that. We just don't know how to do that. And so I, I'm so glad to hear hear about this milestone. Not only are we teaching our, our kids to pray, but we're helping our parents feel comfortable having prayer with their families. And uh, what a gift to be able to pray every night together as a family, to build that into the fabric of a, of a life is so important. And, and you know, when that child is 35 years old at a church meeting and you, you call on that person to pray, it is not an earth-shattering moment as it often is today. We have to be careful about that because so many of our folks uh, have not been shown that that part of our faith in a helpful way. So that's good, good stuff. Yeah, thank you. And one of the things I'd like to go back to what uh, Bill said just about what our uh, our kids or the anxiety they're, they're going through. And uh, I think one of the really unique things about uh, what's going on in the children's ministry at this church uh, is uh, our fellowships uh, that happen on Sunday nights uh, for our second through sixth graders. Uh, this is a time for uh, the uh, our older elementary kids uh, to be together, uh, to grow into in community. Uh, they have opportunity in a in a smaller setting to be able to uh, share what's going on in their lives, and we're also able to uh, to be able to dig deeper and talk about uh, those spiritual uh, values uh, as well as uh, current things that are going on in their lives. And so I, th- I think that's uh, really helpful uh, to uh, the growth of the children's ministry here. Right.
You know, the uh, upbringing of, of each of us, I'm sure, is a bit different. Um, I grew up in a home where we were in church every time the door was open, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, and we never know how we're impacting young people today. We don't know if it'll stick. Right. But I think the odds are far better that if we provide that foundation, that they will stick. Right. Other than no foundation at all or a program that's merely babysitting or teaching social interaction. Um, I mean, the foundation is so important. And one of the real assets of this program is we can support the parents in their efforts. Right. Because the resources that you all provide, Andrew, just like the bag that Annabelle got on her first Sunday. Right. Okay. We're helping to provide parents with a support system. Right. Whether it be through something we physically give the child or through the sessions where the ch children are in discussion. And again, I'll say this again. These young people are pretty smart. Yeah. Um, they're very attentive. Um, I have had conversations with my own children about their children. And it's basically, you know, you may think they're not hearing what you say, but trust me, they're hearing it. Every word. And you may think they're not hearing what their friends say, but they're hearing it. So to the extent that we can support the parents in their efforts to raise their children in a Christian home, I think that's one of the best things that we can do. Right. It is such a critical part of the fabric of our church as a place that is growing disciples of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're working to help parents grow that next generation of disciples, but we're also working to help those parents in their own journey of faith. And uh, it is just such a comfort to know as a parent who has a child in this program, it is a comfort to know that we have gifted staff people and volunteers who are well-educated and well-equipped for this work and her, who are working within an organized effort, an intentional effort to cultivate the life of discipleship. It is not a shotgun approach at this. It is not, oh, let's just throw something out and see if it sticks. It is well-grounded in Scripture. It, it has been thoughtfully put together, and the program itself is already yielding profound results in the lives of our families in this church and in this community, too. And it's, that's just such a gift. Andrew, you've got some help in this. Uh, Rhonda Miles is our assistant uh, children's ministry person. Tell us a little bit about Rhonda and what she does. Yeah, so Rhonda, she's our uh, um, young children's coordinator, and she has been uh, with the church for uh, over five years. And uh, she does an incredible job uh, with our uh, um, children, um, birth through uh, first grade. Um, she uh, has a, uh, we have, um, it's great that we have a nursery staff here at this church uh, that is, uh, is uh, paid, uh, very well trained and experienced. Uh, so anytime a parent drops a child off, there's always a consistent face there uh, right. that they know and they can recognize and, and know the person by name. Uh, and Rhonda oversees sees that staff. Uh, she has been uh, just an incredible 
uh, resource to me as well, uh, helping with uh, our uh, family ministries, uh, as well as uh, something we're really excited about uh, that we're starting soon is uh, our special needs uh, ministry. And she's been very uh, intricate in getting that started. Uh, so it's something we're hoping to uh, begin here uh, at the beginning of the new year. That's great. Tell us a little more about that. How will the special needs ministry work? So at the beginning, we plan to, uh, when we have anybody that has special needs, uh, we're going to have a, uh, a buddy for them, either uh, depending on uh, their age, uh, an adult or uh, an older youth uh, that would go around them uh, uh, in their class. Uh, ideally, uh, depending on a child's ability, we would love to have them uh, stay within their own age. Um, we also recognize, though, that they, that may not always be the case. Uh, so we're also going to have a uh, quiet room uh, so uh, that there'll be other um, activities there for them to do. Um, you know, we all have, we all have um, bad days and, and, or, you know, we just need some time away. And so that we're going to provide as well uh, for people. That's really great. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, we encounter a lot of families who have children with special needs, and and often uh, we just kind of put those folks off to the side, and, and we're not able to integrate them into what's going on. And it sounds like we're going to be able to integrate them into what's happening uh, in the life of the church and truly make a space for them where, where it will be meaningful and, and good. And uh, that's that's great to hear. I want to ask Andrew a question, and we'll kind of head towards wrapping up here with this. Um, Andrew and I both have two-year-olds. We have Annabelle and Isla. Of course, you've got Everett as well. But as I think about Annabelle and Isla in the next 16 years in this church, what do you hope happens uh, in Annabelle and Isla's life through their relationship with the church over the next 16 years, 16 to 18 years? What, what are your hopes and dreams for them? I think that's, that's a really good question. Uh, I think uh, my hopes and dreams for them, one is for them uh, to recognize uh, their uh, relationship uh, with, with, uh, with Jesus. Uh, you, you know, uh, we believe that... Uh, that God is already working in their lives through the right. Holy Spirit, um, but that uh, at some point that they will they will see that God is recognizing and that they will they will um, grow in their faith, um, and and that not only that they'll grow in their faith, but that will provide them opportunities uh, to reach outside of the church, even even at a young age. Uh, I think um, that we think about. The church. Sometimes we think about um, adults uh, doing doing the work, and 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 they do, and and adults do an incredible job. But you know, our kids can can do a lot of things too. And so to be able to see uh, Annabelle and Isla and Everett um, be able to make um, uh, a real impact on uh, the local community, and even even maybe even um, internationally. Right. Um, I think I think that's um, important in, in um, who they are um, spiritually and 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 being able to grow in their faith. That's great. I, I share those hopes for Annabelle as well, and uh, I'm so glad that we're at a place where they are going to be able to experience that and to have uh, those very opportunities as they make this journey. Bill, what would you say as lay leader to our people who are 
who are kind of on the fence about either getting more involved themselves as as volunteers in this important ministry or making sure that their children are here? What would you say to them as our lady? First thing I would say to them is is take the time to do what we did and learn about what's happening. Right. Uh, It was an eye-opener for us. I would say it was uh, beyond an aha moment for our class. Um, We first need to to learn about it and— you know, we're so fortunate. We live in an area that's growing by leaps and bounds. In the last four years, the city of Murfreesboro alone has added 8,000 people a year. Right. We're not in a community that's dying. We're in a community that's growing, and lots of young people are moving here. I learned in my work that a lot of young people who come to MTSU love it and never leave. Right. So we have this huge inflow of people, and we have a tremendous program. Right. We need to learn, and we need to talk. Right. Our people are good about supporting financially. Our people are good about serving as volunteers. Once they learn what the program is, and then where we sometimes fail is we keep our mouth shut about it. Right. But it's, it's a story that is too good not to be told. We need to tell the story, don't we? We do. Yeah, it, it is a great and powerful story. Andrew, how can folks get involved as volunteers in the children's ministry? Well, over the, over the past year, we've uh, really um, tried to create a, um, several um, different positions for people to be involved. Uh, there's um, You can uh, lead a, a class um, but there's also other ways you can um, be involved. You can help just by being uh, an assistant uh, to be there um, with um, with kids. Um, sometimes uh, you need to uh, be able to uh, work with the child individually, and if uh, you're leading the class, it's not always uh, able to do that. So being a second uh, person in the room is really important. Uh, you could be a part of the welcome team. Uh, and uh, welcome kids and their families as they uh, check in um, for events and programs in the children's ministry. Uh, You could also be a special needs buddy uh, and help um, be a mentor to to a uh, young child um, as they go through um, to their different classes. Uh, There's also lots of different uh, events uh, and programs going on, like uh, Vacation Bible School, our Easter egg hunt, uh, fellowships on uh, Sunday evenings. Uh, we also have a, a midweek program. So there's lots of different ways that people can be involved uh, within the children's ministry. How many folks do you think uh, it takes to really run uh, the children's ministry? How many volunteers does it take? Well, right now we have a little over uh, 50. Okay. Um, but uh, that's not enough, is it? It isn't enough. No, <laughs> no. It would be right now, um, we. I would love to have uh, 150 uh, okay. people. Granted, wow. not every not everybody volunteers uh, every Sunday or at at every uh, every event. Uh, so you need a lot of different people right. uh, to be able to to do um, the the different things that go on in children's ministry. That's great. Uh, we, we can work in that direction, can't we, Bill? Yeah, you know, we we talked to our class after Andrew finished about this, and and the subsequent Sunday, and. What we said was, look, if you feel called to be involved in this ministry, 
It may not be every week. Your seat will always be here. Right. We want everybody in our class to be here every week. We don't want to miss you, but if you're called to do this, then you need to do it. Right. And you'll always have a spot here. You can come eat with us. You can do all those things, and you can meet with us when you're not working. But right. this is such an important thing, and I, we have, we're blessed in this church with so many educators. Right. Trained educators. I think in all levels of schools. I think that encouragement surprised Andrew at the end of his presentation when when Bill got up and said, "Hey, if you need if you're called to be serving in this ministry, go do it. We'll that's, save your seat right here in this class. We're not going to throw you out of the class, and, but and you need so to be in, there." That's so important for us. We we all like to protect what we have, right? Um, but there are so many ministries. This being at the forefront today, that's what we're talking about, right? But you know what? If you've got the talent, if God calls you to use it, then you need to go. Absolutely. Every time. That's a good word, Bill. A good word. Andrew, tell us how families with children who are ready to get into this program to experience this, or maybe they're kind of on the outside looking in and saying, "Uh, this sounds like something I might enjoy my child participating in. How do they get involved? Well, one of the um, easiest ways um, they can find out uh, about the information that's going on in our children's ministry is is simply just to uh, go to our main uh, webpage, um, fumcm.org, uh, and if they just scroll down to the bottom and click on sign up, they can get our monthly parent newsletter. Uh, provides uh, what's going on uh, during the month. It gives a full uh, calendar for the year, uh, as well as a monthly uh, parent resource. Uh, so that's a great way just to just to know what's going on. Uh, other ways that they can um, get involved, uh, we're uh, on Sunday mornings. We have uh, Sunday school uh, for children through uh, uh, birth through sixth grade, uh, as well as uh, children's church uh, during our worship services, uh, and that's for uh, um, children uh, through first grade as well. And we have our Sunday nights I talked about earlier right. uh, with uh, fellowships. And that's for our second through sixth graders. And then the last thing I'd like to highlight uh, just during the week is our is our midweek program, which is also uh, for uh, children uh, through sixth grade. And that's on Wednesday night. Yes. Nor- normally. Uh, yes. We're we're on break for Christmas right now, but uh, in January fifteenth, I believe we resume our Wednesday night program. So folks can just show up, and they're welcomed and kind of integrated into the program. And parents, are, they find out what they need to know as they come. Uh, you all have made it very easy for parents to bring children and to get them involved, and uh, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we really want uh, it to be an easy process and uh, for uh, parents and for children to be able to uh, right. connect to the church right away. I will say this, as a, as a parent and as a, a pastor, I've, I've noticed this for, for many years, Sometimes when we bring our children to things, uh, their first response is, no, I don't want to stay. No, I didn't like that. I didn't have a good time. And I I know that we often have to say, let's try that again. Let's try that again. And sometimes it takes two or three or four or five experiences before that child begins to realize, you know what? This feels good. I'm learning. I'm growing. I feel loved and safe and cared for in this place. I want to go back. And so I would just say to our parents who who hear those conversations and, and endure the, I didn't have a good time today, uh, keep them coming. Keep bringing them. It'll get better. 
they will connect. And if we have trouble connecting, let us know and we can help. We, we have lots of tools to help facilitate those connections along the way. So uh, we're ready to do this work together with you, and we have to help each other in it as, as church and parents and, and community as well. Well, thank you both, Andrew and Bill. It's been a, a gift to be able to talk about the children's ministry here at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. And uh, I hope, listeners, that uh, if you have an interest or if something has sparked you in some way as we've had this conversation, that you'll let us know and reach out to us and, and let us be helpful in connecting the dots and getting uh, either you plugged in to serve or your children plugged in to what's happening here in this place. Bill, would you have a prayer for us and I for the, for the children's ministry? To. Thank you, Bill. Gracious Father, we are so thankful for all the many blessings that you give us. We're thankful for the blessings of children that you send to our home. We're thankful for leaders in the church who work with those children. Most of all, we're thankful for the opportunity to begin building disciples from the earliest ages. Father, we pray for all those who participate in our programs and all those who will in the years to come. We pray for the parents. We understand the challenging job that it is to be a parent in the world today. God, continue to bless us, bless our community, all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. And until next time, this is Drew Shelley signing off for The Church at Work. Well, thank you for joining us this week on The Church at Work podcast. We love hearing about the many ways that we can be at work in this world, sharing God's love. If you have been inspired to be a part of The Church at Work, let us know. We would love to connect with you and connect you to one of the ministries that we are involved with. Make sure that you don't miss our next episode by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Church at Work podcast is a ministry of First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you have an idea for a topic or have a question you'd like us to explore, please email me at ben at churchatworkpodcast.com. And don't forget that we will never change the world just by going to church. We will only change the world by being the church. So let's go be the church.